Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. We're going to have our full review of the three games this morning, including New Zealand's big win over Lebanon. And guess who was the star of the show once again? The great Joey Manu from the Roosters. I think I've seen so far there has been five games in this World Cup and three of the men of the matches have gone to Roosters so far. So pretty fucking impressive what the Chooks are doing at the moment. They've obviously got a lot of really good talent spread across a lot of teams in this World Cup. So it'll be sensational for them, the experience that they would all be getting but Joey Manu uh, obviously we are huge Supercoach fans we haven't spoken about Supercoach for a couple of weeks beers and break evens all wrapped up for 2022 still plenty of content available on YouTube if you want to go to Rugby League Guru and go back and have a look at our reviews from each and every team for season 2022 still plenty going on there but I thought I'd just talk quickly about probably my true uh, true passion sorry uh, and why I started the Rugby League Guru and Supercoach Guru because of my draft competition and Joey Manu, he's always the most interesting guy or one of the most interesting guys in a draft competition. I think next year's going to be no different. If anything, he might be even more interesting this uh, next season, 2023, especially once he's done with this World Cup, which he has started in an unbelievable fashion. Didn't play in their big trial win the other day, the Kiwis, but his game uh, earlier this morning for the Kiwis was unbelievable. If you haven't got an opportunity to watch it yet, um, I think he had something like 15 tackle breaks, a try and a try assist. He was fucking everywhere. 15 tackle breaks alone. If you're having 15 tackle breaks in a game, you can just about lock yourself in for a super coach 100 and you know what, granted, it's against Lebanon, but I'm sorry, we've seen him do this against just about any team that he comes up against. And when you have a look at his stats over the last few years, um, I mean, let's go back to 2018. Uh, 2018, he played 23 games. His average was 44 at centre. The next year, 2019, he played 22 games as well. He averaged 49, so he went up by five. The next year, he played 19 games, which is the least amount of games he's played in the last five years. So that's incredible for Supercoach. That is fantastic. His average went up by 7 to 56. The year after, he played 23 games. His average went up to 62. So he's gone from 44 to 62 on average in his first four seasons. So he's jumping up 
by five to eight points every single year that he plays in the NRL. His Supercoach score on average goes up by about five to eight points, which is unbelievable. And then this year, it jumped up by 14. Now, I want you to also consider it jumped up by 14 to a 76-point average, which is insane. Uh, his average points per minute was 0.97 as a center. And I know he played a couple of games at fullback and 5'8", but he didn't play all that many in those positions. He played two, two odd games in those positions. So what Joey's managed to do this year has been incredible and how he's just steadily improved over the last five years has been crazy. I want you to also consider 2021, he had a 62-point average, which was very good, very impressive. Uh, you need to remember, though, that that was the season where Supercoach stores, scores were going off the absolute charts. You had uh, Tom Trevojevic averaging 130-odd, Nathan Cleary 100-plus. It was so much easier to score points, especially if you're in a good team, which he was. Granted, the Roosters, they had a lot of injuries that year and whatnot, but you would anticipate that his score would be a little bit inflated that season compared to other years Instead of it being inflated, it was actually under. He went over the next year by 14 points, which is unbelievable. I mean, let's take Nathan Cleary, for example. He averaged 108 points that season. Very, very impressive. That dropped to 80 this year. So he dropped by 28 points, which is just fucking crazy. We have a look at Tom Trevojevic. Now, his average that year was 143. He dropped that average to 61 this year. He had a couple of injury-affected games. I understand that. He had one injury-infected game, sorry, which was the his last game where he still played 64 minutes and scored 72. So, I mean, all these guys had these unbelievable scores in 2021, and then they dropped down. Reality hit this year. The rule changes set in. Somehow, Manu, not only did he improve, he improved out of sight. He found another 14 points on average. And I know what you're thinking, yeah, but the fullback games, that blow, blow his average way out, and that's fine. I went through and had a look at the numbers. When you take out those incredibly big scores, so just his average solely when he was playing center, um, his center average was 68. So he still went up by six. He still went up by that amount. And I mean, it's only going to... And, and this is the thing about Joey Manu that all you draft players will be will be eyeing him off, especially if you don't get a top five pick. I'm probably not anticipating Joey Manu to go in the top five pick. So I think it will be your Turbos, your Clearies, your Teddies, uh, probably your Pappenhounds, maybe your Munsters these sort of guys because they play more key positions and they will get their hands on the ball a lot more. But Joey Manu, uh, when he's playing center, still with a 68-point average, still fantastic in a good team that will be successful next year. But now that he's got this roaming role, uh, it could be anything for him. It really could. And it sort of worries me going a guy like James Sinesco. I love him to bits. But when Joey Manu is, is on... He is just such a dominating footballer, and he, he doesn't play fullback, but he plays a fullback role, and it, it becomes hard for Teddy to, to to sort of find a slice of the cake. And the thing about James Tedesco is he's not a selfish footballer. He's all about the Sydney Roosters. He's all about whatever team he's playing for. So if Joey Manu's got the hot hand, you will see him sort of fade out of plays and let, let Joey Manu take control. You saw it in Origin last year as well. Turbo, he was on fire playing that roaming role. And you saw Teddy was on the inside of Turbo every single time, but when he's not needed, which he quite often wasn't, sort of came up with no points. So it does sort of worry me going Teddy, but Manu... Could I draft Manu before Teddy? I don't think I could because Teddy's going to go in the top four. I don't think I could take Manu in that category. But if something happens that James Tedesco gets injured or if a Luke Keery gets injured or something happens that they shift Manu into a permanent spot playing fullback or 5'8", I think he is automatically the number one pick. I really do. I think that Nathan Cleary is obviously a goal-kicking halfback, which is fantastic. He's very rarely injured. He plays the vast majority of games. That's fantastic. But Joey Manu... 
the shit that he does when he plays 5'8 and fullback from the small sample size we've got is unbelievable. I mean, he played fullback once this year, got 130, and he played 5'8 another game, he got 191. And I think it was he played fullback for the Kiwis during the um, during the year, and he just absolutely brained that as well. Would have gone 100-plus in that as well. So if Joey Manu does manage to land in one of those key spine spots where he's getting a lot of ball regularly... I'm willing to say he's going to average 100-odd. I, I really am. I, I think he is that good, and he's in such a good team. I mean, if I'm looking at the Roosters, and I'm looking at who they're going to come up against in this competition, who are the teams that I'm worried about him playing? Penrith? That's probably it. I'm not I'm not as concerned about Melbourne and their defense anymore. I think Joey Manu can handle them. I look at Parramatta. I think he can well and truly handle them. Even South Sydney, we know how fired up he is going to be for that game and how much that game is going to mean to him. Uh, I think he'll, he'll be ready and raring to go in that one as well. You have a look at their game at the back end of this year. I think he got injured at the back end. He only played 60 minutes. He still scored 42. So he scored 42 in 60 minutes. If he would have played that entire game against South, that would have been 50 points. And he essentially came up with no attacking stats whatsoever. And that's one of the better sides. I, uh, Jesus, I really do think that Joey Marty, you could really have him as a, you know, a pick six, pick seven. You might completely fuck yourself. If he plays centered the entire year, it's going to be tough for you. Don't get me wrong. But in saying that, uh, he still had 400s when, when playing center this year, yeah? He has got low scores in him, though. And this is the risk you take with Joey Marty. You draft him, hoping that he's going to somehow wind up in that spine. you got to also draft him knowing that you are going to have a couple of low scores. He didn't have too many this year, to be fair. Manly in round two, he scored 29 points there. Uh, Warriors in round six, he scored 27 points there. Bulldogs in round eight, he scored 27. Uh, outside of that, they were all above 40-point scores. There were a couple of 40s, though, to be fair. So you've got to be prepared for that, especially when he is your main captain. But for me, I will be looking at Joey Martin if I get about pick eight onwards. Now, it is a punt because you're relying on a few things to go your way for him to be super relevant. He's still going to be good for you. He's still going to be great, but you need a few things to go your way if you are going to beat the teams that have your turbos, your clearies, these sort of guys. But Manu, mate, the upside he's got is fucking scary. And I remember sitting here in the preseason and not the same sort of player, but in a similar sort of situation, a guy that if there was a couple of injuries in key spots, he could, he could become really, really relevant was Tommy Starling. We spoke about him a lot in the preseason. We said if something happens to the hooker, Josh Hodgson, uh, all of a sudden Tom Starling becomes super relevant. All of a sudden, he probably becomes a top 30, top 40 draft pick, uh, and you could get him very, very late. The bloke in my comp that got him, I thought he did really well to get him. thought it was a good little get. It's I'm always about taking gambles and punts like that. And of course, Tom Starling, he... It all worked out perfectly. Uh, he got the spot. Josh Hodgson went down. All was fantastic. And then it just didn't pan out the way you anticipated. And for me, I looked at that Tom Starling pick then and went, fuck, he needed so much to go his way to make that a good pick. And it all went his way. But then the score simply didn't come. And it you know, it, it didn't derail his season by any means, yeah, because he picked Tom Starling so late. But if Amanu, if it doesn't quite go to plan with him, it does kind of fuck your entire season. But if I'm a late draft pick, if I'm in, you know, my, my comp's a 14-man comp, if I've got pick 8 to 14, Jesus Christ, Joey Manu, he becomes very interesting, especially considering how the Roosters, um, how their team is shaping up heading into next season. They were a little bit scratchy last year. They were a little bit all over the place trying to work out their structures, trying to work out how to fit all these supremely talented players into this one side. Joey Manu, in particular, they had him at right center. They wanted him to get more ball. It took them a little while to get used to how they were going to utilize him. I just think they're going to have it all down pat so much better this year. And I think that you will see Joey Manu. I, I think that when you take out those big scores was a 68 point average I would actually back him to go higher than that next year 
in just his center games because I think he will float more. I think he'll be more involved. I think the Roosters will have a better understanding how to use him. I think that Sam Walker and Luke Keary, they finally worked out their combinations. Uh, so they know how they're going to play their footy instead of trying to work it out on the fly next year. They know that Walker's going to be in the seven. They know that Keary's going to be in the six. They know which sides they're going to play on. And they'll have a whole preseason getting used to how they're going to utilize James Tedesco and Joey Manu. So I just think Manu is going to be even more dangerous. And, and there will be days where it will be James Tedesco's day, and Manu probably won't be able to get too involved. There will be those days. There is no doubt about that whatsoever. But there will also be days during the origin period where Teddy goes away for a couple of weeks and Manu plays a heap of fullback, a heap of 5'8". If Teddy gets injured, all of a sudden you've got yourself a fucking premier player. You've got yourself probably a pick one or two, and you've picked him up at maybe 10-11. You might even get him at 12-13. Joey Marno, it is going to be very, very interesting to see where he goes on draft day. And if you do manage to get him, it's going to be a nervous ride. Don't get me wrong. You're only going him, I think, if you're late or if you missed or if you're... In in every draft season, there's like top five or six players. I think it's about five or six this year. And then there's a bit of a fall off a cliff to the next guy. The next guy could be one of many sort of guys. And and I think Latrell Mitchell's probably that point where it falls off a cliff a little bit after him. Once you get past your Turbos, your Pappies, your Teddies, your Latrell Trells, Clearies, these sort of guys, there's a bit of a drop. And then you start thinking, okay, do I play it a little bit safer and do I just grab Cam Munster or do I take a punt and do I, do I go a go like Joey Marner, who's got a higher ceiling than Munster, but is he going to do the job for me? If he stays at center all year and he's maybe not roaming or whatever it might be, could find myself in a bit of trouble there. It's going to be very, very interesting to see how it all plays out. Just the other thing with Joey Manu, like, he only missed one game last year, yeah? Like, that's incredible. We mentioned it earlier that over the last five seasons, the least amount of games he's played in a year was 19. So pretty fucking impressive. Um, you know, one of those years, 2021, he played 23 games. Of course, he had that uh, incident with Latrell at the back end of the season. So, like, if it wasn't for that, he would have played every single game that year. Uh, he's playing for the Kiwis now. He's getting more of an opportunity to play fullback. He's showing people what he can do. Uh, you know, he'd probably be playing... He might be thinking about playing for a contract elsewhere, and if he's playing fullback and 5'8", he can blow that absolutely out of the water. It's his base stats that are the scariest thing, though. 33 base stats, and when he's playing, you know, those roles at fullback and 5'8", they just... Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. They absolutely explode. So when he played fullback, his base stats were 50. 50. That is incredible. When he played 5'8", his base stats were 41. So pretty crazy what he's capable of doing. The other question I would have for Joey Manu, though, is that if he ends up playing fullback every single week, if something was to happen to Teddy, perfect situation for you if you're a Joey Manu owner. Can he do that every week? Can he take 33 hit-ups every single week throughout a 25-week NRL season? I'm not sure if he can. It remains to be unseen. I know we all get very excited by the stats and how much he does and all that, but they are one-off games where he's got a one-off opportunity to show what he can do. If he has to do it in back, 
back-to-back weeks for 25 weeks if he stays uninjured or whatever, uh, it'll be a very, very tough gig. I think for me, a lot of the things with Joey Manu comes down to his draw in the finals. Once we get the Roosters draw for season 2023, we have a look at the last three, four, five weeks, however your structure of your Supercoach draft competition works. You want to have a look at those key weeks. I'm confident if you just have a half-decent team, Joey Manu will get you to the finals. I have no doubt about that whatsoever. He will have five to six games throughout the year where he will win it solely on his own. If you're in a captain's league, he'll probably have seven or eight games where he wins it solely on his own in that on that given weekend. He'll have a couple of games that he'll probably win for you uh, by Friday 9 p.m. That's just the sort of footballer he is. But you need to be aware of all the things that, all the things you're gambling on when it comes to Joey Manu because there is a lot to take in. Is he going to be able to do it consistently over an entire season? Will his body hold up? A heap to talk about there. I, I think it is great that his role will be clearer next year. I think we know exactly what Joey Manu's role is going to be. I think Joey Manu knows, and I think Kieran Walker will have a much better understanding. The other thing that I love about Joey Manu, and it's something that we sort of spoke about briefly last year, and if you have a look at that test match this morning, for example, whenever he gets into dummy half, you are guaranteed 10 points. You are guaranteed at absolute minimum to get 10 points. He will palm off one of the markers. He'll get to the A and B. He'll spring off them. He'll bounce around. He's got a try this morning where he went from dummy half. He chipped over the top and he still managed to break three or four tackles in that run. We know that when he's five metres out from the line, if Joey Manu gets into dummy half, you're about to get 40 points. He's about to score. He is simply too strong. And the thing I love about Joey Manu as a super coach player, and this is one real positive for him, and it'll sound like a negative, but it's a super positive. He's very selfish. He can be very, very selfish because he knows how good he is. If he's in dummy half five metres out, all of a sudden you know what Joey Martin is going to do and you know that he can't be stopped. He's going to score. My only worry with this, and he did score a lot of points off that this year, a number of tries he scored were from dummy half five metres out. He's going to have Brandon Smith joining the club this year. And as much as I know that whenever Joey Martin gets into dummy half, he's going to score straight away. And this is something I'm thinking off the top of my head right now. Who else do we know that's like that? Brandon Smith. So it will be interesting. I think there'll be a number of occasions where you'll see these two. They'll scoot from dummy half one after the other. Hopefully, Joey Manu can collect a few, a fair few points off the back of this. But it wouldn't surprise me if Brandon Smith potentially seals a few of those dummy half tries off uh, the great Joey Manu this season. So plenty to consider. You need a little bit to fall your way if you are going to go with Manu. Even if it doesn't fall your way, though, you've still got a 65 plus point average uh, CTW there who will have fullback. He will be dual position next year, you would have to assume. So that's going to be absolutely massive as well. But I wouldn't be going him in the top five. I'd go for one of the other safer picks personally. But if you do manage to get him at six or if you get him at 14 and all of a sudden he's playing fullback long-term or he's playing 5'8 long-term, even at six, you've got yourself an absolute fucking bargain. If you get him at 14 or later... Good God, what a steal that would be. If you do manage to get Joey Manu, I think you have to build your team around him as well. You have to be prepared that, okay, my captain could go up or down. Maybe I need to get a few base stack guys into this team pretty quickly after. Or you just go all fucking in on ceilings, which personally I am all for. But there are a lot of things to to take into consideration if you are going to draft Joey Manu in the first round for season 2023. We'll have plenty more Supercoach content as we get closer to the season. Cannot wait to bring you that. That's